to the diary. I am Madame Lebrard, aka Madame Leblunt Smoking Broad. And you know, diary, I just thought I'd share something with you. Kind of irks me because I see it everywhere. And what it is is, you know, I had some experiences where, you know, there's people who live above you. And my experience was literally three different tenants back to back. However, it was the first one and the last one that really, really sparked something and got me, you know, and it started to grab my attention because I noticed that I, the same act, the same, you know, outcome whenever I addressed it was the same. And that was the noise level and how it's handled by the adults when there's children involved. So, the first one was a gentleman whom I think he was, uh, so to speak, I think he was a single parent. At least that's what was was suggested to me by those who, I guess, knew him because I didn't. Uh, But anyway, uh, nevertheless, it, it was one adult and two minor children around age three and six years uh, of age so now granted I do get that he is probably one of his uh you know probably on his own raising these two young rugrats and I call them rugrats because they stayed bouncing off and hitting the floor uh to the point at times it scared the shit out of me so yes I call them rugrats kind of like the rat pack you know, just out of control, you know, it's always something related to the rats, so anyway, uh, now, there, you know, there was yet after, you know, the young man with the two boys that moved out, other tenants, but now, with the young man, what was going on was, you know, it was, sounded like the WWF and, uh, motor speed racing and, and, uh, NBA draft going on and Superman having tryouts. I mean, it was all kinds of shit. <laughs> and literally furniture moving on the regular. You know, I'm like, it sounded like somebody was moving on a daily basis. And I'm like, this is crazy. So at one point I addressed it, you know, and I went over my head and and you know, knocked on the door and you know, gave it all the respect, of course, I didn't go up there ranting and raving and talking shit and yelling and insulting the young man or anything, I didn't know who was up there, I just wanted to try and find out if there was any kind of way we could get some understanding and come to an agreement about the noise level coming down some, at least some of the time, because this was obsessive, it was literally like Everyone in the place was on different shifts, so it was never, ever quiet, and it was obsessive 24-7. So I'm like, these kids must be home alone or 
you know, by themselves because there's no way there's adults in these households with the way these children are carrying on, I'm telling you. So I go up here and I knock on the door and the young man comes to the door and he's got it cracked open and he's, you know, holding it, you know, like he's scared, you know, but he's got it open about two inches wide. So, you know, I could make eye contact and see him. And the whole time I'm noticing that he's using his might and, and there's this, you know, the door slightly moving and, you know, him flinching like something's hitting him. And I'm like, you know, you okay? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, you know, make a long story short, I addressed a noise issue. And that, you know, I, you know, I, I can't take it. I need a break sometime. You know, I can't do anything because of the noise level and uh, raising the TV and all this different stuff sky high and having headsets on all the time where you can't monitor your own environment. It's just not good and it's not fair to me. So anyway, I addressed all of those things and said, could you please just, you know, do your best, you know, at trying to. I understand they're young. I said, but, you know, try to do your best at keeping them from literally jumping off the, the sofa you know, uh, like it's the WWF or, or any of that type of stuff, and there should never be a ball bouncing over someone's head. But anyway, you know, like I said, I addressed issues, and he was like, you know, but they're kids, and I was like, exactly, not barnyard animals. And so there's some lady down there, and she's like, well, they're not animals, and you know, and I find out later that it's his mother, but you know, hey, it is what it is. And I turned and looked at her and said, well, first of all, uh, no one said anything about them being animals that's exactly my point you know they're not animals so why are they being allowed to conduct themselves like this and you know and I looked at her and said and anyway um I wasn't even talking to you I said see that's what's wrong with people I said you know you want to put your two cents in and you know make matters worse when you know I've already spoke with him and there's no need for you to you know I don't need you to be adding your extras or, you know, four more cents in. So, you know, moving right along, you know, whenever, you know, this went on for a while, you know, and I had to go up there many times and it, it never stopped whether I went up there or not. And his excuse was always, but they're kids. And he would literally grab the kids and hide behind the kids like as if to say well you're not going to do anything to me or harm me and I got and you know I got these kids in front of me and I just looked at him like you have got to be kidding me because it's like you're you know I actually caught him at one point you know jumping and running with the kids and he didn't realize I was standing there looking because I happened to be you know walking by and happened to see it and I just stopped because I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But he's saying it's the kids. So I just stopped and turn around and walk up to the threshold and just look at him. And he turned and jumped like he saw a ghost. I mean, literally, I think the man almost, I think he probably pissed in his pants or something. He did something, I'm telling you. But he was so terrified that he grabbed the kids again and he just looked and he was shaking and looking at me like, you know, as if to say, you better not do anything to me. And I'm looking like, if you are reacting this way and I haven't even said anything or anything like that, then you must already know that you're doing something that's wrong or you don't have any business doing or, you know, that's just not right. 
and I didn't say anything and I just said you know what my bad I said I was just I was just looking I said I didn't mean to scare you and I went on about my business so you know my point was it was okay for him to run and jump and all this and cause a situation and then blame it and on the kids and actually hide behind the kids like a coward would do you know and I'm like you know remember I said that thing narcissism diary well that's one of those acts of narcissism I'm gonna do whatever I want to do but at the end of the day I'm not going to take the responsibility I am going to place the blame somewhere else no matter what the consequences are now these are this man's children you're not going to tell me that that's not narcissistic behavior that you will put your children in a situation where you're really going to stand here and tell me that you have no control over them or anything like that or you can't you know get some help or be instructed on how to you know try and control them but you know my point being that that's again that thing I'm referring to as narcissistic behavior and when it was all said and done when he was finally put out it was later exposed that you know yeah he was on drugs and you know I saw that you know each time I went up there he was high as a guy and I'm not talking about you know puffing on the blood but anyway you know again that narcissism and that right there was a sign of someone in that delusional mind state that delusional mindset or state that says I can do what I want and it's not my fault no matter what I'm doing so moving right along now he was the first there was a second couple two Teletubbies and a baby that looked like uh she came out wearing 30 she 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 came in this world at 35 pounds but I'm not going there you know she beautiful little butterball that's all I'm going to say she was that though <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna move on because I don't even want to go there um, but the last one happened to be a young lady and I don't know if the gentleman lives there if he's the baby's father not my business don't want to pry didn't care and there's a baby now the, this 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 child is a toddler I would say about 11 months old. You know, he's a little man. And, you know, another little butterball, but he only half is, you know, he only half half the size of the other one. <laughs> but butterball too, heavy little old thick something I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you, beautiful little old baby. But same thing. And it's one baby. And this is a smaller baby. And he and it's like going down on a regular basis, sounding like, you know, like I said, like a brawl every time I turned around. And these sudden, loud-ass thuds, you know, like somebody dropped something from about 10 feet that weighed about 50 pounds. And I'm like, no, nah, that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, something that doesn't sound normal to me. I would never heard anything like this. And so I go up there, same thing. I go up there, and I address the issue about the noise, and she said, oh, that's him. She said, that's him, and, he, and you know, and she proceeded to tell me, you know, that he's 
bad and you know and you know yeah because he's bad and girl that's him and see he does that and you know and the whole time I'm looking and I'm going yeah but at no time am I seeing you try and stop him either so I'm like here's that again it's the child you know and I didn't realize see, I didn't know it was that bad I didn't know it was that bad you know in other words any excuse as long as the blame didn't have to be on her no matter why he was doing it or you know how long or what it was it didn't matter if she was allowing him to or not still the blame was none of hers and this is an adult and this is a baby and I'm like so what just let him do what he wants till he kills himself I'm like so at what point do you step in as the parent and say sit your ass down (laughs) straight up you know you got to when they get ready to take off running sometimes you gotta stop what you're doing and catch them in the act get their attention so they know this right here what they're doing at that moment is what you're saying stop doing you can't wait after 20 minutes and then grab them and someone want to beat on the kid or spank them and all this and think they understand why after 20 minutes of running and they tired and listless which means they ain't even trying to hear you anyway, even if you are talking to them at this time, because you waited two hours after they running, tired now, listless, because you ain't gave them no attention, you just let them do this shit, so now they're tired, listless, agitated, because you want to mess with them now that they tired, okay, no, that should have been going down after you realized the first few times that they had a role going to running in the house, it's like, any child running like that at 3 and 4 a.m. in the morning, means it's not getting enough energy there is no reason why a 10 month 11 month old 15 month old or two year old should be up at three or four o'clock in the morning like it's the middle of the afternoon and i'm talking about energy at its highest level and i'm talking about but yet this has been going on all day too and I'm like, are, are they giving the baby drugs? I mean, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, this shit is crazy. I was like, I've never seen anything like it. And these are babies. I'm like, listen, y'all got to stop giving the babies sugar at night. Whatever y'all feeding these babies and giving them after 3 p.m., y'all need to switch up the game. Because they running around like they're on crack, speed, meth, I don't know what. But whatever it is, these poor kids are not resting not any of them around me that I'm witnessing and I'm like what the fuck are y'all giving these babies I mean what's in the food I mean y'all better y'all better start looking into this stuff because this ain't normal and anyway again her defense was that it was the baby and you know and she just proceeded to she was just nonchalant and looking like she couldn't stop it and I was like yeah but you ain't understanding I said see what he's doing now I said what you're supposed to do is like when you tell him to stop and you sit him down or you grab him, I said, as soon as he takes off, gets ready to take off again, I said, by that second or third step, because he should be near you at some point in time so you can control him. I said, when he gets ready to take off, you're supposed to grab him in the midst of them steps he's taking. I said, you know, like he got like he got a lead, like he got a rope on him he didn't know was there and yank his and yank him right on back when he take off. That means I'm not saying snatch the kid. I'm saying, but you got to grab hold to him so they understand stop stop running then you then you stop and you turn them around and get their attention and make sure they're looking at you when you're talking to them 
and you have to be repetitious because see they're gonna go for six hours with this shit so if you're gonna be a parent and you decide that you want to have a baby you need to understand that the doll is alive <laughs> this is not a baby alive meaning it is not a doll this is a real little human being that's gonna get up and start running this shit and tearing up shit at some point and you have to be on your p's and q's energy level ready you know mindset ready to laugh and enjoy the fact that you're gonna have to be disciplined as some little person for the rest of his life okay so all i'm saying is don't put the shit on the babies go get a damn walker or something they got these new saucers and stuff i used to get for my little ones and your little ones are from my little ones and and you know and they had fun because guess what they could waddle around roll almost flip it over but it wouldn't tip over and it allowed them to be able to play and have fun but they had but they were stationary meaning they could do all the wiggling around and making it tilt and all that because it was called a saucer so they could make it do all this swiveling and all this stuff but it would not move from where the where the, the spot it was in though to do all this stuff and so it was like having a playtime without having you having to worry about them running all over the place so you know it's about taking the time to be a parent and saying you know let me figure out how to break up this you know this this you know pattern of doing this something and exerting the energy this way that he or she is doing because it's disruptive that means the child does not have enough of something productive to do you should be sitting down teaching that baby something or you know something that gains that child's attention that says okay let me break up all the uh, some of this other stuff that you know causing this child to exert energy and it's not necessarily good and that's why they create all these tools and little things for children so that they learn and their, you know, their little brains are constantly working and busy. And, you know, so you have to engage with your child. You just can't have the child and just expect him to just run around, especially if it's one child. You definitely can't, you know, ignore that child and just let him run around by himself because that's why he's doing that. He's trying to exert energy. He's trying to create a way to entertain himself. And that's not fair to the baby. OK, you should be helping out with that. You know, take them out of the house. Why is a baby in the house all day and all night anyway? I mean, come on, man. That's like having an animal trapped in a cage. You got to take this child out sometime. And then, when, and then by the time you bring them back, you know, from the excitement of being out alone, naturally they exert energy just from just absorbing things. You know what I'm saying? Take them out. Let their brain get some some you know some exercise so that when you bring them back now they are nice and relaxed and you know or you can wind them down and get them to relax because now they've exerted the energy in the right way and they'll settle down now even if they're not tired so you know or they might run a little bit but at least they didn't spend the whole day running over someone's head and then gonna spend another six hours doing it you know you just gotta learn how to you know, be fair and work with others around you and incorporate the time with the child where it's not affecting everyone's life around you in a negative way because you decided to have a child, okay? Thank you very much. So my point again is, you know, the narcissism. That was again another act of narcissism because although it's a baby and all this and the baby has no control, can't teach itself any discipline, uh, not, not her fault. So, 
that's what, you know, I'm getting at about that. Stop blaming the babies and stuff for things that you do and can have some control over if you apply yourself, okay? So, now, that's the problem with that, you know, that thing called parenting, you know, uh, because I'm not sugarcoating shit. If you are looking for me to bite my tongue, spice some of your feelings, you've tuned into the wrong show. I'm talking to all you, as Bernie Mac once said, I'm talking to all of you pussy-ass parents out there. I don't care what race or gender you are, gay, straight, bi-gender, hell, if you call yourself a parent, then I'm talking to and or about you. If the shoe fits, then be responsible for, you know, once in your life, you know, and wear it. I mean, but if it's a lie, then let it fly. So, but to you pussy-ass parents, stop being a poor excuse for a parent by hiding behind your child every time the child warrants or draws the wrong attention. Uh Uh-oh. I be careful what I say or how I word this when I break this shit down, talking about warrants and shit, you know? (laughs) I don't want to scare some of y'all off. I mean, warrant or warrants simply means brings attention to uh, or something that needs or is focused on or needs attention drawn to it. So, I mean, look at some of y'all. I can see it now. Some of y'all bras were about to be left smoking blunts with me by yourself <laughs> after this episode anyway. But anyway, I can assure you it did not mean what some of you thought. So relax. And let's get back into our groove. Uh, now, the reason I'm stressing this is because Again, this is relevant to the narcissistic behavioral patterns. And I just wanted to kind of touch that, you know, and, uh, you know, we'll get back to that in a moment. But before we continue, I would like to give a word for our sponsors. And while I give a word to our sponsors, uh, we can take this time to prepare for our ritual token of blood. Because as I always say, I am Madame. Le Blunt Smoking Broad. And I'll be back in a moment so that we can, you know, just kind of conclude or get into it a little bit more. And, uh, you know, we'll close it on up. So I appreciate you all for your support. And stay tuned. After a word for our sponsors. diary we're back for the conclusion for the second half of our segment about narcissism and parenting so before we continue and conclude I hope everyone is ready for the infamous puff on the blunt we need this moment ladies at least I do too much going on in the world so on my account or cue and for those of you tuning in for the first time I just know you can always blaze anytime during my show or just be prepared to talk with me uh, the next time you tune in because that's what I do and as I do 
you know, as I do this, I'd like to, as a disclaimer, <laughs> for you blunt smoking broads or men who like to indulge in other things, this is the diary of a blunt smoking broad. This is not Alcoholics Anonymous, nor is this rehab for the dope heads. This here is where the potheads find their strength. So as I always say, you do too much, get too lit, pass out, or get sick. Not my fault. Okay, so you do too much, pass out, not my fault. So just letting you know as a disclaimer, this here, this here is for the blunt smoking broads. I am Madame Le Broad, a.k.a. Madame Le Blunt Smoking Broad. Now, diary, I left off addressing my everyday encounters of narcissism. Uh, there that word is again, because even, you know, what I'm saying here are narcissists. That's the behavior of a narcissist because at the end of the day, a narcissist will sacrifice everything and everyone but themselves to elude the consequences. They're always game as long as it is a positive feedback. Even if they're not the cause of the positive feedback, they will they will want to claim it on that too. But we'll get into that on another note, another show another segment of my show shall I say but there's that narcissism trait anytime a parent or guardian of a child or a loved one or any other person that's supposed to be someone they care about will be sacrificed or used at any point as a cover for their wrongdoing or their fault so I just wanted to address that you know, because that that narcissism, it stems into a lot of things. And, you know, as we go along, some of you will find that you are in situations and have been dealing with the narcissistic traits for a long time. And you just didn't know that that's what it was. So I know some of you are wondering why I keep touching on it. Oh, oh yeah, dear diary, one reason I can be honest enough to say I have in many ways have witnessed the art of the sickness And I call it that because it is definitely a disease of the mind. No one who perpetrates a narcissist is the making of a person who lives in their own reality. Or shall I say, correction, people who perpetrate a narcissist are those and persons who live in their own reality. So let me correct that and say that. And they really don't connect with anyone unless there is an advantage they can gain in every situation that they can also control. Uh, This, as I tell you, is necessary for their survival. It is the need to overcompensate for losses in which happened in their lives long before they develop a mindset to take everything and everyone as an opportunity for their need to support themselves without fairness or consideration to those who unknowingly support them. So back to the reason I touch on this, and I will continue to touch on this so that we, you know, break the cycle and patterns of behavior that come from a place of pure 
S-E-L-F-I-S-H-N-E-S-S. Selfishness. No one who would place blame on a child and they're engaging and they're encouraging the child to do this something that is, uh, you know, disruptive to others is a fair person. That's a narcissist, okay? That's a trait of a narcissist. Who does that? So, it's like me begging. I'll put it like this. It's like me bragging and boasting about accomplishing this platform, but never inviting you to blunts and broads. Uh, Before the record, I have invited all of you broads out there with positive and enlightening blunt smoking attitudes to join me. So, don't even go there. I have invited you all. Okay? Uh, So... I've invited you all to be my guest, so please keep that in mind. As my audience, guests, whatever you feel more comfortable being addressed as. And I've invited you all to participate, you know, and that would be considered, by definition, unselfish. Okay, so it would be selfish of me not to invite you, and I'm not a selfish person. Uh, The most obvious and classic of traits related to narcissism, you know, is selfishness. That's one of its, you know, most revealing traits is the selfishness. They're never available for you. They never can help you. They never have enough to offer you when you need the help. Although you may help them no matter what. And a narcissist, you know, you can ask them for a dollar and they don't have it. And they they can just have counted a thousand dollars in your face and they will not be able to spare a quarter for you. Because that's their mindset that they gotta take everything they can and hold on to everything they can uh, you know at you know at all costs so that's the selfishness that is one of those narcissistic traits so you know some of you you know may think it's just you know that trait some of you may think that you know it's just something little and you know it may get on your nerves and you know and just oh he's just selfish you know that's just him but you better start paying closer attention it may be deeper than that and you may find you are dealing with an individual that cares nothing about your purpose in their life so ask yourself you know because you may not find you may find that out too late you may find that out after you have sacrificed things in your life with and for this person that once it's gone they have no longer have any interest and they don't care you know what situation or detriment you may have put yourself in to make these sacrifices these sacrifices expecting them to be the partner in your life or friend or co-worker husband son daughter whoever it is ask yourself why are you doing whatever it is you do for those you do you know I mean would it change your choice to do it if you couldn't and that individual abandoned the relationship, whether it be business, you know, friends, you know, co-workers, family. Ask yourself, you know, would you still do this? Would it change, you know, the reason that you do it? Or would it change the choice you made to do it if you knew this just say you had a crystal ball and you were able to look into the future and you saw that this person later on down the road, you know, 
that there was something that happened where you realized this person was not going to be there for you. And you had just been the loyal friend, family member, cohort, whatever it is. No matter what that relationship is, there's many different types in the world. Everything that has a connection to another person, uh, whether it's intentional or by force, choice or not, it's it's some sort of a relationship. So ask yourself, why are you doing the things you're doing? And does that person really appreciate it? Or has this been a one-way situation? Has it always been you being the giver? Have you always been the one to be there? Is it always you being the one to catch someone else when they fall you know so ask yourself if you knew that this person was a narcissist meaning showed the classic traits that said they don't you want to be bothered with you unless you got something to offer every time you make acquaintance ask yourself would you continue to deal with that person if you knew that ahead of time are they worth all that you have to offer them knowing they don't care and it means nothing to them? You're just another person that, you know, are doing what they're going to find someone to do, wh- whether you do it or not. They're still going to do that. And they're going to do it no matter who you are. And you can't do it all. So there's always going to be someone else involved in the situation where they've got to lie, cheat, whatever they're doing to manipulate a situation so that that other resource or source of resources doesn't interfere with whatever sources they're gaining from this other resource. So all I'm saying is that's what I'm talking about when I say narcissism. Now, here's another one for you that I think you guys will enjoy. And it was about an incident, you know, diary. I have to tell you this one. It was about an incident on the bus it was on a day I was off work and it was years ago and I just wanted to kick it with my mother and take her shopping because it was something I hadn't done in a long time just spend time with her you know not cooped up in a car or anything and we were taking public transportation and just having a ball right and in the midst of riding the bus there's you know and it's pretty packing on the bus this particular time and everybody's doing their own thing and enjoying the bus ride and there's this gentleman on the bus and he has on what is this lemonade color pink polyester bell bottom butterfly collar suit with the same color pink lemonade with no heel because they had been worn so much that the heel had been worn off to where it was just like it looked like a tap on the right outer side of the heel you know you can see where it was just enough left of the heel where you just thought yeah if you know about taps on your shoes back in the old day it, it looked like somebody just happened to put the tap on the wrong part of the shoe I guess you know but anyway <laughs> the point I'm making is he had on shoes that were just as outdated as the suit and he kept looking back you know, at me and my mother, and I know my mother, you know, you're talking about some seasoning, boy, this lady here, (laughs) don't get her started, (laughs) I'm talking about, she's the shit-talking queen, (laughs) if you see, you know, you see this woman in action, you, you understand why probably every woman, you know, raised around her has got a mouthpiece on them, (laughs) okay, it just came natural, if somebody talks to you on a certain level, you can't help but to learn to respond, you know, on, on a level that they're going to accept 
so we're sitting here and we got our bags and it's just about over i'm getting ready to take us to get something to eat and we're gonna call it a night and i'm gonna take her on in and make sure she gets back home safely so he keeps turning around and i nudge her and say and i turn and look at her and i just you know give her that squinted look and 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 nod shake my head you know from left to right telling her you know gesturing no don't even don't even start don't do it you know in other words letting her know don't just ignore him don't please don't start you know and i'm like look don't start so he starts inching closer to us because he's noticing that she keeps looking but she's not saying anything and i'm steady telling her don't even look because if you just don't look he won't keep talking to because what he's doing now is he keeps talking and suggesting that he's talking to us by asking a question but he's looking directly at her the whole time and when you know and especially when he asks a question he's looking at her and he keeps asking and she says something to him so at some point she's starting to engage back and forth and i'm like look you know because I'm hearing the sarcasm in the way she's answering and, you know, as if to say, you know, well, since you keep on talking to me, I'm not, I'm going to just, you know, play the game with you and kind of, you know, embarrass you a little bit. And I'm steady telling her, no, just don't say nothing because see, he's not going to stop talking. He's not going to stop talking to us. And I don't want, I this man is, you know, I don't want him getting in my face. You're sitting, you know, closer to the window on the inside of me. And then he's steady getting closer, trying to talk to you. And then Lord and behold, he, what does he do? He leans over to act like he's going to shake her hand, which meant his arm crosses over my lap. And the first thing I do is say, hey, can you do me a favor? Excuse me, please back up. I said, can you not reach over me like that? And then I look at her. I said, see, didn't I tell you just ignore this man? I said, I can't take you nowhere like that right and you know and at at this point everybody on the bus just busts up laughing because they hear me tell my mother you know the child telling the mother instead of the mother telling the child I can't take you nowhere like that right so at this point she was like well you know he keeps on talking to me and I'm like oh and you know people trust me and when you're dealing with your parents it's like it's literally like having having children you're having to babysit some kids I'm telling you depending on the age of your parents or their mindset regardless of the age but anyway so here we are and we're getting close to our stop and he happens to mention to her well you know I'm from Hollywood and you know this that and the other and and she's like yeah well I'm from Hollywood too and she's not lying and she's like I'm from Hollywood too and I was like yeah that's what they all say I said you know you look like you might have been from Hollywood you know in the era the era of Motown when you know crack cocaine was popular and that's when everybody on the bus falls out laughing including my mother and she said no no don't say nothing else she said that's all right let me talk to him she said I know I know what to say to him like that right and I said mom please I'm like don't I said mom come on please I said see I said now you got all these people on the bus looking at us everybody falling out laughing I said see now I said now they I I said now they're expecting a show I said see this is what I was trying to avoid I said see you just you just you just wasn't going to act right, huh? You just couldn't give me one day out with you somewhere without causing a scene. And she's like, well, you know, I ain't saying nothing wrong. He's talking to me. I said, yeah, but see, I told you, if you just ignore him, he would have found someone else to talk to. Like that, right? And so there you have it. It's on and cracking. So I'm watching her and I'm knowing she's gearing up to say something, though. She got the stage at this point because now she's got everybody on the bus tuned in. They got the antennas on. She's she's got everybody hanging on her on her next word, you know, and it's just complete silence. So I'm knowing whatever she says next is about to set it off because she's got everybody's attention. So the reaction of everyone else is going to take this to another level. And I'm knowing what did she say? Excuse me. 
because he's just studied talking. I'm from Hollywood. She says, excuse me. She said, you from Hollywood? She said, well, you got some ID on you? And he said, yeah, I got some ID. And so the man goes in his little pocket on the inside of his suit, and he pulls out his ID. When I tell y'all, and diary, the ID was probably older than the suit and the shoes, okay? But you can still see clearly and read the information on it, and he was literally from Hollywood. But I was like, I mean, when was the last time that you had an ID? Do these people even know you even exist still? I said, I mean, man, I'm like, all right. So she said, no, I got an even better one. She said, you know, you say you from Hollywood and all that, right? And, you know, he's like, you know, well, I like you and there's that and the other. And I, you know, I'd like to, you know, take you out sometime. She said, well, you know, that would be fine. She said, but uh, I just wanted to let you know something in case you didn't know. She said, uh, they do make Tide for colors, too. And every person on the bus died because he had this pink. Like I said, lemonade suit that you can tell was so old and faded that the pink it was. Matter of fact, it probably wasn't even pink originally. It was probably brown or red or something. That's how old this suit was. And she literally broke this man down. And I'm telling you, diary, there was people literally on the floor of the bus when this woman looked and said, well, excuse me, I just want to ask you something. She said, I mean, I understand you from Hollywood and all. She said, but, you know, they do make Tide for colors, too. She was talking about the washing detergent for clothes. In other words, when was the last time you washed that suit? Because you must not know they make detergent that will clean that, too. (laughs) And I'm telling you, that was the last time I ever took her out in public by public transportation. So I just wanted to share that with you all because what I'm getting at again here was the narcissism. There was, like I tell everyone, and it's a proven fact that drugs are the number one cause or the leading cause and effect for the narcissistic behavior. Because of the delusional mindset that it puts in euphoric mindset it puts people in that gives them that as I stated before in other segments that invincible feeling that feeling that I can do and be anything and everyone's going to accept it and approve of it because I said it that's how great I am that whatever I say even if it doesn't make sense you know I can lie and I can if I can believe it they'll believe it because a narcissist believes their own lies because that's the world they live in they have to keep everyone else you know, as they say in a mindset that says, oh, where well, I'm just, it's not that I don't want and I don't appreciate what you do, but I'm a victim in ways that doesn't allow me to care about what you do. So watch that behavior that comes off like, you know, where I'm the victim because the narcissist will always play the victim to explain why they cause you know, the grief they do in others' lives who have supported them. And in return, they show no respect, appreciation, or no return and no support in return. So, I just wanted to touch on that and let you guys know that, you know, and diary that I've enjoyed this time. And, and I will be back again soon for another entry of the diaries 
of a blunt smoking broad volume one episode two part two and i am madame le broad aka madame le blunt smoking broad now i want to take this time to go ahead on and have our ritual puff on the blunt because i know you've all been waiting on it and i'm not going to close this segment out without giving you that ritual told to bless you all on as you take your journey until the next time we meet again and on my cue let's go ahead on and talk on the blunt once again so here we go one two puff on the blood don't puff and hold too long try not to intake too much Moderation, people, moderation. As I always say, get too lit, do too much, pass out, not my fault. So take it easy so that we can meet again. And as I always say, tune in to the diaries of a blunt smoking broad. And you can also tune in to blunts and broads. Me and my broads raw. We are on Spotify, Encore, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and now even Apple. So tune in. Check us out. We're having lots of fun, me and the broads. And of course, there is always the diaries. If you want to get a little bit deeper into my soul. All right. Have a good one, everyone. And thanks for tuning in. And I thank you for all of your support. And of course, if you want to support me even more and ensure that I continue to be around for you and share my life with you and some things that I think you'll find interesting and enjoy and appreciate, then you can also donate. Hit that little button and donate. $5, $10, $20. All donations are appreciated. It is not the amount. It is the thought that counts. Have a great one. A good day, a good night, and an even better tomorrow. I holla.